Welcome to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. Prepare for compelling conversations, actionable advice, and those aha moments that create leaders. Here's your host, Dave Brown. All right, all right, all right. We have another great guest today, and I am really excited about uh, this topic and the guest today. My guest is Sean Lane, and we're going to be talking today about the credit repair industry and some really cool things that I've learned about Sean. He is the owner and the uh, founder of FRS Credit Financial Renovation Solutions. And I do have to tell you right off the bat, man, that he's he's been in business 11 years in a world where businesses falter and go under at staggering rates. You have made it 11 years in business helping others. With that, Sean, welcome to the show and thank you so much. Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate uh, you having me as a guest today. Well, we're going to we're going to have a lot of fun. And so uh, for, you know, those of, that are listening and people that know me in the, uh, you know, the mortgage world, this is going to be a fun one because I have been in the mortgage industry for 30 plus years. And so this is going to be right up my my alley and kind of in my wheelhouse of, of topics that I actually uh, can say I know a few things about. So I want to start with kind of a lightning round of questions, if you don't mind. Is that OK, Sean? Absolutely. I'm ready to talk. All right. So I know that you were a, uh, you know, back in the day, you were an entrepreneur, correct? Yes, sir. Way back in the day, that led to what you're doing today. But let's face it, you probably didn't come out of high school and maybe go to college and get into your working world with the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of owning a credit repair company. Is that correct? That is correct. I kind of fell into this through personal experience. Well, through personal experience. Well, if you wouldn't yep. mind, give us the give us the backstory of how Sean Lane came to creating and founding a credit resource uh, center to help homeowners and just consumers in general enhance and improve their credit so that they can uh, have a little more freedom in their life. Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I've been around for a while. I'm 58 years old. Um, again, started this business, FRS Credit, in 2013. So we're, you know, starting our 11th year. Uh, but, you know, like you said, I didn't wake up one day and decide, oh, I'm going to open up a credit repair company. Um, you know, rewind back to, you know, the late 80s. So as I said, I'm 58 years old. I've been married to my wife for 36 years coming up in May. And uh, so, uh, you know, when we met, we were getting serious and I had to, you know, kind of come clean with her and tell her that I was a young kid with bad credit, you know, financial issues, because back then everybody gave me a credit card and I didn't know what to do with that. And so like lots of people, lots of young people today, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes. And so, uh, you know, I kind of had a talk with her about that. She helped me, you know, get on a budget and I went back and resolved, you know, these debts and, you know, felt like I did the right thing, but it didn't help my actual credit. Right. And so I set out to figure out how can I improve my credit? So this was probably in 1989 and I went to the library 
uh, you know, because we didn't have the internet back then. And I checked out a book on the Fair Credit Reporting. Um, and so the Fair Credit Reporting Act is, is, you know, the act or the law that governs credit reporting, uh, you know, consumer reporting in general, what they're allowed to report about us. So I checked out that book, I studied it, and over the course of a couple of years, I fixed my own credit, and then I wrote a self-published book uh, in 1992 called The Consumer's Guide to Credit Restoration. But I never was able to really do much with that book. Again, we didn't have uh, the internet, so I, you know, I tried to market it. But I just kind of put it on the shelf because, uh, you know, we were in telecommunications um, and, uh, you know, we were selling long distance, which evolved into prepaid phone cards, which, you know, evolved into international, uh, you know, uh, international minutes around the world. And uh, so, you know, that we were we were doing fine in the telecom business. And uh, but, you know, technology slowly killed my my telecom business you know when you know phones you know cell phones came out with international plans on them where you can call internationally and all that kind of it kind of killed my phone card business and so that's when in 2013 i was you know trying to find something else to do and you know i remembered hey we should start a credit repair company i mean i wrote a book i know a little bit about this and uh and so that's that's what we did and um uh, you know, so we started the business in 2013, um, and you know, I feel like I'm meant to do this. I'm super passionate about credit, uh, you know, because uh, you know, let's face it, things happen to people financially, and it ends up impacting their credit. Sometimes it's the loss of a job, a failed marriage, you know, a failed business, a pandemic, you know, high inflation. Um, sometimes it's just education, right? And so, uh, you know, people end up uh, making mistakes and it hurts their credit. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, they I like to call, I like to call our credit score. It's our adult GPA. It's our grade point average. So many things we do financially have a credit score component to it. And so that's kind of, you know, how I got into this business. It was kind of through personal experience. I love it. All right. So around your your house, uh, you guys talk a lot of credit, it sounds like. Credit, credit, credit. So let's let's dive into some of those things that you said. Um, you mentioned kind of an adult GPA. This is really, I mean, this is your credit scores, you know, probably more important than your social security number. I mean, at the end of the day, so let's debunk maybe a couple of myths. Um if you will, what are a couple of myths or, uh, you know, misconceptions in the consumer world around credit? Is there is there a general theme that you see that you can address as far as that goes? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of those, you know, myths, you know, one of, you know, which is that, you know, you don't start with a good credit score, right? You have to build your credit. You have to be strategic. Um, and most people aren't strategic. They just, you know, happen to, you know, get old enough to start applying for things. And unfortunately, nobody teaches us about that. Right. And so we have to be strategic when we build our credit. And, you know, it's one of the things I did with all of my kids. Right. Is, you know, I helped them build a strong credit profile when they were young. And, you know, my son all my kids went to Baylor University and my son, he, uh, 
he is now, I think, uh, let me, 31. And I've done credit repair for about 10 of his fraternity brothers already. You know, that's how impactful this is. And so, yeah. you know, um, you've got to, you know, you've got to pay attention to your credit. You know, um, one of the other things I hear is, you know, just because you went back and paid something doesn't eliminate the fact that you were late, right? And so I just had a conversation before, you know, we got on the phone with a guy who he's a business owner. He had some things happen in 2020, you know, he had some credit cards go bad and, you know, he went back and settled those credit cards, right? Paid them. And, you know, that's the right thing to do, but he still has damage from that on his credit report. And, you know, he was under the assumption that since he's paid those, that that damage is on, right? And so, uh, uh, you know, we have to pay things on time. That's the minimum requirement with our credit, you know, never be late. But then, you know, uh, we have to have revolving credit or credit cards in order to score really well, you know? And yeah. uh, Dave Ramsey and I agree upon a lot of things, right? Um, but I don't agree with checking out of credit. I think credit is so very important. I think credit card debt is bad. Credit's not bad, but credit card debt for unnecessary things is not a good move. Now, if you're a business owner, you know, we've all done that, right? We build our business using our credit and all of that. Um, but, you know, uh, slipping into credit card debt is so very easy for people to do, you know, today. And so, uh, you know, we have to we have to be mindful and we have to pay attention to that because let's face it, you know, most of my customers come to me because they're they got denied for a loan, whether that's a mortgage, an auto loan, maybe a business loan, um, you know, and. Uh, when we have low credit scores, we pay more for everything, you know, including our insurance. You know, our uh, auto insurance is heavily, you know, based upon our credit score, more so than our driving record. Same thing with our uh, our, our homeowner's insurance, right? The insurance industry did a study in 2015, and they determined that people with fair to median credit pay on average 32% more for a homeowner's policy. You know, we all know that we need credit, good credit in order to get loans and good interest rates, you know, to be able to qualify for, you know, uh, you know, housing, whether it be rental or a mortgage. Um, you know, credit holds people back in their career. You know, so many companies now, you know, want to take a peek at your credit because unfortunately, how you manage your credit speaks to other responsible, you know, things in your in your life. And so, uh that's one of the reasons I, I call your credit score your adult GPA. You know, it, it's really, really super important. I like that. Let's talk about another topic, credit score confusion. It was a term mm. that you uh, you introduced to me when we were talking before this episode. Uh, tell me what credit score confusion, you know, translate that. What does that mean? Yeah, so... Um, a lot of people have what's called credit karma. And as a lender, you've probably run into this before where somebody says, hey, my credit karma score says I'm a 720. And you're like, great. And then you pull their mortgage report and you find out that their mortgage FICO score is only a 650, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, people want to know, well, what is my real score? Well, they're all real. 
right? And so, um, you know, a few things that have gone on in our industry, right? So uh, there's two main brands of credit scores, like Coke and Pepsi, right? It's FICO and Vantage. So most people have heard of FICO, right? It's uh, the FICO score was created over 30 years ago by Fair Isaac Company. And essentially what they did is they put your, uh, you know, were, was able to take the data on your credit report and essentially score it with a three-digit number, okay? Yeah. Um, and uh, credit scores used to be something that we didn't get to see, right? Uh, until a company like Credit Karma came out. So Credit Karma came out. And uh, they were offering a different scoring model. So it's called the Vantage Credit Score. Um, but the reality is people tend to say it's a FICO score or it's a FACO score. And when they say FACO, they're referring to that Credit Karma or that Vantage Credit Score. And so, you know, again, FICO was created by Fair Isaac Company um, as a lender when you when you pull somebody's credit, right, you're going through your reseller, maybe it's CoreLogic or somebody, and you're pulling a mortgage report. Well, um, those credit bureaus have to buy a score from FICO and, and combine it with the credit report. So, you know, the credit bureaus got tired of buying credit scores. And so the credit bureaus decided to form their own partnership and, and roll out Vantage Credit Score. So Vantage Credit Score is owned by the three credit bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, and it is gaining popularity in the market. I would say that today, 95% of lenders are using a FICO credit score, um, but a lot of lenders are beginning to use a Vantage score, which is you know what you see on Credit Karma. Um, and... Um, that Vantage score is, is a lot of times today it's used in pre-qualification, right? Because a Vantage score is cheaper than buying a FICO score. Um, mm -hmm. But it is gaining popularity and it's going to be uh, adopted in the mortgage industry in the, within the next couple of years. You know, everything that I read says that mortgage lenders are going to have to start uh, producing a FICO and a Vantage score down the road. And so, uh, you know, it's gaining popularity. Which one is right? You know, they're both right. But even when it comes to our FICO score, you know, there's probably 39 or so different versions of FICO. You know, between, you know, there's three credit bureaus. So, you know, that's 13 per bureau, more or less. But, you know, there are uh, mortgage versions. There's auto versions. You know, there's industry specific versions of our credit score. And so even if you're looking at your FICO score, you know, uh, what the mortgage guide tells you is your FICO score for mortgage is going to be different from what the auto lender pulls, you know, if you pull it on the same day. And so with all that being said, the good news is, is that it doesn't matter what your scoring, you know, what your credit score is and what model they're using. All of the models and companies really go off the five major things that impact our credit score, which is Super. our payment Let's history. Talk about those. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, there's uh, there's five major uh, components that impact our credit score, 
And this is whether it's a FICO score or a Vantage score. Um, and let's face it, it's the data on the credit report that drives the score. So if we know how those credit scores are calculated, we can positively influence somebody's credit score, whether it's a Vantage or a FICO score. So let's break those, those down. You know, um, uh, 35% of our credit score is based on how we pay our bills. Okay, so a lot of times, you know, that people talk about, well, that's if you have a late payment. Well, really, that 35%, I like to call that category the presence or lack of bad stuff, you know, because what impacts that 35% is any late payment, you know, any charge off, if you have a credit card, go back, a refund, a foreclosure, even a bankruptcy. Those, uh, those events impact your, uh, you know, that 35% bucket. And that's worth more than a third, right? And so that's why. Uh, you know, if anybody's ever paid something 30 days late, they've probably seen their credit score go down 100 points or more, right? And that's because that category is so influential. However, the next biggest category is the debt category of our credit, you know, score. And that's worth 30% of our score. And that category is heavily influenced by revolving debt or credit cards. Um, you know, you can have a lot of installment debt, you know, you can have a lot of car loans, a lot of student loans, several mortgages, and you can still score very high in the mid to high 700s. Um, but if you carry credit card debt, revolving debt, um, that, that is what really impacts your score. And so, uh, uh, you know, that category is worth 30% of our credit score. And so what we want to do in that category is we absolutely need to have revolving credit, but we need to keep those balances as a very small percentage of the credit limit. And they call that our utilization. How much of our credit limit are we utilizing? Um, because, you know, unlike a auto loan, you know, where you borrow a certain amount of money, for a certain period of time and you have the same monthly payment every month until the end of that auto loan, a credit card is different. You can charge all the way up to the credit limit and then you can choose to pay that in full or you could revolve the balance over to the next month. And so that revolving portion really speaks to responsibility, you know, and is somebody, you know, uh, living beyond their means because their credit card bills have stacked up you know, or are they using their credit cards responsibly? And doesn't really matter what the story and the reason is behind that. It's what the data shows. And the data shows yes. that we should lower their credit score if they have high revolving utilization. And then the next uh, category, 15% is the age of our credit file. So, you know, and that's really factored in the two parts, right? It's your oldest account, and then it's the average age of your credit file. You know, so I have young people that come to me and they're like, I want to be in the 800. You know, that's my goal. I'm like, you're too yeah. young. <laughs> right? It's not going to be right. possible for you to get into the 800s because you're just not old enough. You don't have a deep credit history. But if we do all the right things, you can get there. Okay. And then uh, the fourth category is what they call mix of credit. And I really call that the variety and number. So how many accounts do you have reporting to your credit report? And do you have a variety of accounts? So 
we want to show the credit scoring model that we're responsible with multiple types of credit and multiple accounts because you know it's very easy to manage one car payment and pay it on time. It's a little more difficult to have a car payment, a student loan, a mortgage, and three credit cards, which are all due on different dates. You know, so mix of credit is important. Um, and then the last is that uh, new credit category, which are those hard inquiries. You know, whenever you apply for credit, typically that hurts your credit score. Yep, makes total sense. Okay, so we're in a we're in a uh, economic, and I'm going to say an economic downturn right now. A lot of people don't want to say it, but I really believe we are. If you know, in a lot of ways, we are in a recession. Uh, obviously we're not going to get into a political discussion. Um, but if you turn on the TV, you have, you know, the, you know, our leaders telling us that we're not, um, but you and I are on the street level. Okay. Um, and if you're outside of Washington, DC, people are feeling the pain. Uh, you know, you go to Costco, you go to Walmart, everything is more expensive. So credit card debt is, is what over a trillion dollars now. That's, yes. that's kind mm -hmm. of the number. Okay, so it's growing, yes. and it's growing, and and that's the scary thing right now is that it's growing. So, from your perspective, I think you've hit on the fact that trying to use that credit responsibly is important. But let's deal with now what I want to ask you about is knowing that it's going to only get worse. Your clientele or people that are listening are maybe going to have a, a you know a young adult child listen to this. If they're struggling with making payments right now, what's the, can you give any advice to, hey, I've, you know, Sean, I've got some credit issues. I know I'm going to have to deal with it. How do they even mentally go about tackling where to even start with the credit repair process? And how do you help with that? Yeah. So, um, you know, the very first thing I recommend everybody do is, you got to look at your credit report, right? And uh, especially in today's world that we live in with identity theft and data breaches and, you know, the way things slip through, you know, and go to collections and end up on your credit report. Just because we had good credit the last time the lender pulled it doesn't mean we have good credit today. So I think the number one thing we need to do is we need to monitor our credit because when we have true credit monitoring, um, you know, we are getting alerted if things change on our credit report, right? So, you know, if a, a new account gets opened up, there's a new inquiry, um, you know, if, if something changes on our address, I mean, we're getting alerted of this. So we have to have credit monitoring, but we also have to look at our credit report. And, you know, we want to look for inaccurate negative items, you know, because, you know, uh, and then we want to address those items. Uh, and so if somebody comes to me, uh, you know, and they they have they know they have credit, maybe they're referred by a lender um, or maybe they just know they need you know to be working on it. The very first thing we're going to do is we're going to have them get us a credit report. And so we'll send them to our website and we're going to send them to a company called Identity IQ. It's going to cost them one dollar for a seven day trial and they're going to get all three credit you know, bureau report side by side along with their Vantage credit scores. Um, and, you know, we are going to review that credit report for free and we're going to do a free credit analysis for them, uh, you know, so we can determine whether or not we can help them, you know. And again, depending on the situation, 
if they're having trouble paying their bills today, they may not need credit repair today. They may need some solid advice on how to navigate the issues that they're going through today. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to give them some advice on, on how to deal with that. Um, but, uh, you know, let's say that, you know, they are in a place financially where they want to get their credit cleaned up. You know, we are going to identify those negative derogatory items and we're going to go after those because the Fair Credit Reporting Act says that what is on your credit report, it must be accurate. It must be verifiable by the furnisher. So that would be the bank that reported it. It has to be timely, meaning it can't be too old. It has to be complete, meaning it can't be missing key data points. Uh, it has to be Metro 2 compliant. And so we're going to identify those negative derogatory items that we're going to work to try to legally remove those, right? Because the Fair Credit Reporting Act says that if your credit report isn't accurate or verifiable, then they have to fix or delete that account. So, you know, we are successful with getting things deleted every day. You know, I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter if it happened, the late payment or whatever. What matters is, is it accurate and can it be verified? Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. But the second thing we're going to do is we are going to help them establish positive credit if necessary. You know, it depends on the circumstance, right? The person might come to us and they have low credit scores because of something that happened and we find out that they don't have any credit cards any longer. And so we're going to suggest a couple of guaranteed approval credit cards to get them to check that box so they can score higher. And then the last thing we're going to do is we're going to educate them about how this works so that if they come to us for credit repair, we're going to get as much cleaned up as we can, get help them get their scores improved and send them on their way with, you know, the tools and the knowledge to keep their credit strong. Because I've learned two things can fix anybody's credit. It's time and, ed and education. If you let enough time pass, the bad stuff is going to age off of your credit report after seven years in most cases. But the problem ends up being the education because uh, I see people make similar mistakes over and over again that keep them in a perpetual place of bad credit. So we want to help them. We want to look at it and give them some advice. Um, and, uh, you know, and that advice might be, hey, you know, we can help you with this or it might be something more along the lines of you need to be contacting your creditors, you know, try to work out so that you don't fall behind because once yes. you fall behind, it's really going to impact your score. Uh, you know, because at the end of the day, we, we want to help them, you know, achieve those goals. And then I got people that come to me that have the debt already, right? And so they've already been through the damage. They've got the debt on their credit report. And so, you know, sometimes it may make sense to go back and settle those. And we can help them with that, too, because, you know, once a debt is is, you know, a couple years old, you can typically settle that debt, you know, for for 50 cents on the dollar, you know, or or yeah. even better, you know. Yeah, makes total sense. OK, so let me a couple of uh, lightning round questions here for you. Um, I have people ask me in the mortgage industry all the time, uh, especially younger borrowers, but I'm going to say people that are not educated, what's the difference between a collection and a judgment? And how does that affect you differently um, as far as the legal ramifications 
uh, you know, as far as the collection process around either or both of those, if you could speak to okay. that. Absolutely. And, you know, some of that's going to be dependent upon what state you live in. Okay. Because okay. I'll tell you in the, in the state of Texas, you know, Texas is a very consumer credit friendly state. So in Texas, there is a four year statute of limitations on consumer debt. And what that means is four years after the date of the last payment or four years since the date you went into default, they can no longer sue you and win in court. So this is one of the reasons why a lot of times a collection agency wants you to make a small payment, right? They want to restart that four-year clock, you know, so they have more time to file a lawsuit against you. So in Texas, you got to be looking at that four-year mark because once it's four years old, they can't sue you anymore, okay? Now, I would tend to say that in Texas, if somebody defaults on all of their credit cards, they might get sued by 20% of them. They're not going to get sued by all of them, but they well, you know, can't expect to be sued. Um, yeah. Also in Texas, there is no wage garnishment, you know, unless okay. it's child support, um, you know, uh, federal student loans or IRS, you know, uh, type tax debt or state tax okay. debt. You know, you can't, you know, if you lived in Arizona and something goes to collections, you can expect the garnishment. But in the state of Texas, there is no wage garnishment. Um, they have to get a judgment against you before they could go collect on a debt. And so, uh, uh, you know, let's say that you don't pay Capital One, you know, Capital One ends up charging an office bad debt. You know, they have four years. You know, sometimes a couple of years in, you might, you know, you might get sued by that that creditor, but it's not the end of the world. At that point, the, the worst thing to do is ignore it. You want to you want to address that and try to settle it at that point. But if you can get beyond that four year mark, then you're kind of in the clear from, uh, you know, from the, the legal you know standard right of them coming yeah. after you through the courts. Um, but that same bad stuff can stay on your credit report for for seven years. Okay. Okay. And so and that's you know that's there, good there was a couple of changes back in 2017. Uh, the credit bureau stopped reporting judgments and tax liens. So if you have a judgment or a tax lien, it's not going to show up on your credit report from the three major credit bureaus. If you have a bankruptcy, that's the only public record that they report. So you know if you get a collection account. Um, you know, and, you know, collections are kind of the whole, the low hanging fruit in credit repair. You know, uh, if something is on your credit report from a debt collector, um, you know, they have to be able to validate and back up that debt. They have to prove that they have a right to collect the debt. And so, um, you know, those can be addressed too. But when it comes to a debt collection account, the number one thing you do not want to do is pay it without an agreement for a deletion from your credit mm -hmm. report, okay? And so this is key. Um, a lot of people make this mistake. Um, we've mentioned that there's multiple versions of credit scoring out there. So particularly the mortgage version, um, you know, it's a 20-year-old model that a mortgage company has got to pull, you know, and, and score somebody with. And that model has a flaw. And the flaw is if you pay a third-party debt collector, 
when they report the the new activity to your credit report that that balance has been satisfied, it essentially reages that account for credit scoring, and it, you're going to take a big hit. Um, and, yes. and now it's not that way with a charge off. You got a charge off from a credit card company that's not reported to a, a third party. Paying that debt will likely improve your score, but paying a collection debt, you've got to negotiate settlement in exchange for deletion from the credit report to make sure you protect that, yourself. That is great information. Thank you. And I know in the mortgage industry, I have always told you know clients that, listen, you're going to get those annoying phone calls and so forth that you're probably going to ignore because most people do. But if you get something in the mail, I always tell them, if you're getting sued to try to take that, you know, and I came from Indiana, if they're trying to take it to the next level of a judgment, you have to pay attention because by state to state, they can at that time garnish wages depending upon the state you're living in. Yes. And that's from what you're saying. And that, and so, okay. And that's what I always told people in Indiana, because once they got that garnishment, then they could go for, it was, I think in Indiana, up to 25% of wages, um, which then at that point, it just immediately could force people into bankruptcy. So I always told them, pay attention if you get sued. So I think that's, that's great advice, Sean. So I want to hit one more topic because you are a unique guest in the credit field. You have a legal expertise, um, doing a little research on you. And I know that you are an expert witness in lawsuit cases, uh, which is, I think, pretty darn cool. So could, would you be willing to share with, you know, with the audience you know, what you do, because I think it elevates what you do in your business as a professional as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, just like personal injury lawsuits, right, there is what you'd call credit damage, you know, which which is when your rights are violated by the credit bureaus or by one of the creditors on your credit report. So there you know, the credit bureaus are allowed to make mistakes in the way they report something. Mm. It's not until they refuse or don't fix the mistake that it becomes a violation. Okay. And so typically when you're disputing things on your credit report, remember, we're not saying this didn't happen. Right. And, and again, credit repair like anything else, you can fix your own credit, you can hire a professional, right? Um, you know, you want to keep a paper trail because if there's an actual error on your credit report um, and they don't fix that error, now you have an actionable case. And I work with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, law firms that uh, I will refer a credit damage case to them once we kind of uh, get that, that case created through the lack of action on the credit bureau side. Um, and so what I'm able to do is, uh, you know, on, on that same side, I am able to, uh, to represent some of those law firms, um, you know, as an expert witness and be able to testify if something is incorrect on their credit report. That is really, you know, cool. and that, like, that as is... an example, I've got a, I've got a case right now um, up in Oklahoma, that's a little bit different 
in that uh, uh, there's bad actors in the finance department of an auto dealership. And uh, this auto dealership took in a trade, a trade in, and sold this young family a new car, and they never sold and paid off the, the trade in. And so they had massive credit damage. It restricted them from being able to qualify for a home mortgage. The credit bureaus wouldn't fix it. And so this particular attorney I'm working you know, on behalf of, there's absolutely credit damage. And the violators are not only the credit bureaus who didn't fix it, but also that lender, as well as uh, the folks, you know, that dealership and the finance department. So it's just a little sideline thing of what I do because, you know, yeah. my, my expertise that I'm able to uh, put myself out there as an expert witness in some of these cases. I love that. I think it's I think it's great. And Sean, this topic is relevant and timely because again, there are so many people that are in credit card debt. So, you know, I think your advice to people is try to minimize the amount of credit that you're using. Um, get good console. So with that, how how do people get a hold of you? Um, you're located here in or here in you know Texas, in McKinney, Texas. How do people get a hold of you? Um, to, you know, utilize your services and, and, you know, utilize you as a, a consultant and a resource um, for them. Yeah. make you know, after the easiest way is they can go to our website, which is frscredit.com and they can book a phone call with myself or one of my credit, you know, experts that work for me. I've got five credit consultants okay. who I've trained. And so, um, they can book just an informational call, or they can also book a full credit analysis where there'll be instructions on how they can get their credit report. 99% of the time, we're doing this by phone. You know, we do have a real office here in McKinney. So on occasion, our potential clients like to come in and, you know, be able to meet with us face to face. But most of the time, we're doing all this by phone. Um, and sure. so uh, that's the easiest way is to go to our website, frscredit.com, and book a free credit analysis with us. I love it. Sean, I have to say it's been an exciting call. I learned a couple of things, even though I've been in the mortgage industry for 30 years. You, uh, There was a couple of nuggets that, that uh, you shared that I, I kind of like looked at and thought, man, that was good information. So um, thank you for being a guest today. Um, any closing comments that you'd like to share uh, as we close this thing out? I mean, I, my number one thing that I tell everybody is look at your credit report. There's a lot of ways to look at it, um, but you want to look at all three bureaus. So Credit Karma is great, but it only shows you Equifax and TransUnion. So, you know, we also have on our website uh, a credit monitoring link where maybe you don't want to talk to us, but you want to take a look at your credit. You could go to the credit monitoring link and it cost you a dollar to get all three credit bureaus, you know, reports. Take a look at them. You can always cancel it. Um, but, you know, I think one of the problems we have today is people aren't really paying attention. They may get a credit score from their credit card company, but that's only one credit bureau and it's not yes. a full credit report. Yeah. Great advice. All right. For all of you listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Like, you know, please help us out by liking, share this with somebody uh, that, that you care about that could use this kind of information. And Sean, I want to thank you once again for being a guest and we will see everybody or talk to everybody again on the next episode of the Impact Blueprint. Make it a great day, thank Sean. You. Thank you, Dave. You too. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. If you took away something today, please like, comment, and share this podcast. See you next time.